are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Of course, I'm sure you already know that because you're listening to us on a free platform already. But tell your friends, tell your family, tell all those out there who are Mariner fans. Check us out. And today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also, get into some non-baseball talk on there twice a week. New episode dropping for all of our patrons later today, so visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone if you want to hear that. And you have a chance to become our 80th patron. Woo. That'd be pretty dope. If we could do no that. No prize. No prize. No prize involved. <laughs> Maybe for number 100. Maybe for number 100. We'll, we'll see about that. Eh, no promises. <laughs> That's coming out of Ty's pocket. Probably. Probably. I mean, you're already giving away a uh, pretty cool little giveaway on our Control the Zone account at Control the Zone on Twitter. Giving away a Mariner's mystery box, if you will, to uh, one lucky follower who follows that account and retweets the tweet for it. So check that out at Control the Zone on Twitter. I'll have the link to that in the description of this episode. But on today's episode of Locked on Mariners, uh, we're talking all about Jerry Depoto's comments at the GM meetings. He pretty much gave us our whole show sheet last night. He uh, spoke to the media for over an hour yesterday. Went over a plethora of topics about the Mariners' plan of attack this offseason. We're going to talk center field. We're going to talk about the Oakland Athletics as a trade fit. And uh, I'm probably also going to tell you about something I'm increasingly becoming more concerned about as this offseason goes along. But if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So, Colby, let's start here with center field because... Yesterday, Jerry DePoto talked about, well, the Mariners don't really see Jerry Kelnick as a long-term solution at center field. They don't know if Kyle Lewis is going to be ready in time for opening day. And yet, DePoto said center field isn't really a priority for them this offseason, which, I mean, the only other realistic option there at center field is either Taylor Trammell or Jake Fraley. And I'm not sure if you feel great about either one of those guys so do you think it's BS or do you think that he is actually, you know, certain about what he said last night? I think there's just some, you know, general truth uh, to the idea that it's going to be very hard for Seattle to get a center fielder. This is this is something we've talked mm-hmm. about. Um, you and I are kind of not on the Starling Marte bandwagon. I, I don't think he's a real center fielder. Um, I mean, you can certainly stick him out there, but he's not a huge upgrade over a healthy Kyle Lewis or really even Jared Kelnick, um, at least not in the long term. And it sounds like he wants 20 million a year and he wants at least four years. And that's just for a 34 year old, that's just too much. So, uh, that, that's really it for center field. I mean, Chris Taylor is, can play center field, but you're not signing Chris Taylor to be your everyday center fielder. That's, you just lose a lot of the value that you get. A lot of the reason to sign Chris Taylor is that you can play him in multiple positions. So there's just not a guy out there. And even if you look at the trade guys, um, who's out there that could be traded? Uh, you know, Byron Buxton is one of them, but he has his own issues. 
Um, you know, Harrison Bader could be another one, but I mean, are the Cardinals going to move him? Probably not. And other teams are maybe, but it doesn't sound like the Cubs are actually going to rebuild. They just claimed Wade Miley off a waiver. So Mm -hmm. I don't, there's just not a lot of guys out there. And so if you're Jerry DePoto and it's like, look, we want a center fielder, um, you know, but we don't want to overpay for one because we have other needs that we, that, you know, we have to address. And so if if center field would be a high priority to me, but if there's not enough, you know, bodies basically to go around in this, or there's not enough chairs to go around in this game of musical chairs, then do you want them to overpay for one of the few center fielders who might be available? Or would you rather just go and upgrade a little bit more at third base or second base or, or, you know, left field or whatever. So, um, I I think it's mostly just Jerry looking at the market and saying, look, I mean, we would like a guy, but we're not paying the freight for Brian Reynolds. We're not, you know, interested in Starling Marte. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we would like a center fielder, but we just don't really see one that we can get right now. So let's go out there and let's lower expectations and let's talk about how we're going to address center field without, actually addressing it i think you need to at least get someone that's capable of playing center field at least yes. some though this offseason and you know whether that's mark canna or someone maybe on the lower end that you're just kind of taking a chance on with like adam ingle right that's someone that we've talked or that i've talked about quite a bit i i totally understand that the market is limited and that you yeah, it's probably unlikely that you're going to be able to get, you know, a Byron Buxton or what or what have you for something reasonable. And that remains to be seen, but you you got to do something here. You got to have a better plan than potentially Jared Kelnick or Jake Fraley out there, or Taylor Trammell out there. Like if you're legitimate about wanting to win this year and wanting to compete for the postseason, I just, I don't know how you can justify going into the season with a Trebell or a Fraley or a, a, a Kelnick even written in pen in center field, especially after all the things that he said about Lewis and Kelnick um, in, in regards to center field and being ready for opening day. So um, there's also this, the discussion about Julio Rodriguez, who he mentioned as a legitimate possibility in center field for them. And again, that makes me pause a little bit because as great of a prospect as Julio is, we've said time and time again on this show, on our other show that you shouldn't rely on him going into opening day. Like that would be a failure on the Mariners part to rely on Julio Rodriguez. Not, not only being able to make the opening day roster, but also be good. And uh, you already learned that the hard way with, with Jerry Kelnick. And I'm talking about the fans learned that the hard way. But Jerry Kelnick, assuming that he was just automatically going to come up and be amazing, and he wasn't. And there was a lot of disappointment because of that. So with the Julio thing, does the Julio thing also concern you here? Um, I don't know if concern's the right word, but it is puzzling to say the least. Um, any offseason that ends with Julio having a good chance to make the opening day roster is probably a bad off season. Um, and that's, you know, nothing against Julio, but you're a contending team this year. And so even 
I mean, like, look, I mean, Kelnick got better in September in large part because Seattle stuck with him and they, they, they let him go through his lumps and they sent him down once then they brought him back up. And even when he struggled, they, they stuck with him. So, um, that's all well and good, but you can't, you can't do that this year because you, you can't reliably, you can't, you know, go to people and say, we're playoff contenders. We really want to make the playoffs and then have an unproven guy with like what, 60 games above you know, high a ball, whatever it is, uh, and say, well, this is, he's, he's our center fielder. He's the guy. He's not even a center fielder. I mean, he, he's a good athlete and his speed is often, you know, undersold, but he's not a center fielder. He's not explosive like that. So, um, yeah, that if, if Julio's the opening day center fielder, I think something's gone tragically wrong. And that's even if Julio goes out there and hits like 700 in spring training, like it, it doesn't matter what he does in spring training. He, she should not, he should not have a, a realistic shot of making the opening day roster without injury of some kind. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, uh, we're going to talk more about what the Mariners plan is and, and hit on a couple more topics that Jerry DePoto touched on last night in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you that this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all of the good food and treats and plenty of them to go around. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it for once. One slice of pie has an upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end if you're lucky. Meanwhile, most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any other fattening unhealthy dessert. Low calories, low carbs, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate, Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward, I promise you. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't even tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And of course, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Once again, we are free and available on all platforms. So if you found us on Spotify, but you use Google, for example, you can find us there. We're on 100% of the platforms and we're 100% free. So, Colby, wrapping up our discussion on center field here. Of the guys out there who are not traditionally center fielders, but they're available, so Mark Canna, for example, and I'll ask you directly about Canna here, who DePoto mentioned once again today by name on uh, 710 ESPN Seattle with Mike Salk. Um, is that your top target of those guys who could at least fill in at center field to start the season or what have you? Or is it someone else? Uh, he's definitely got to be up there, but um, I guess, you know, if, if I'm looking for somebody who is, you know, who's going to play center field, even if he's not really best suited to play center field, I'm probably looking at Seiya Suzuki, mm. uh, just better athlete, younger, um, and there's more upside with the bat. So, uh, you know, it, it's you would like to get a, a 
you know, quote unquote, for sure thing uh, out there in, in center. But again, the market just doesn't exist for that. So it's, you know, who, who's the best athlete, who has the best shot to be average at least. And I think it's probably Suzuki. So um, mm-hmm. that's probably my number one guy. Uh, it's also possible you can go get a part-time center fielder. I talked about, you know, Chris Taylor earlier, and, and there's mm-hmm. certainly some things you can do there. Um, another name is the name that I know you like, uh, Lurie Garcia. Uh, yeah. Can certainly, you know, stand out there. But it, it's it's such a thin mar- market that, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if – if he signed with Seattle, if somebody like Michael Conforto even got like 25, 30 games in, in, in center field. So it sounds like it, I, I would guess nobody's going to get a hundred starts in center field for the Mariners in 2022. But if I had to pick mm-hmm. somebody who's currently on the market right now, um, it's, it's probably Suzuki. And DePoto was asked about Suzuki and, and made his, intentions pretty clear that they're going to be involved in his market they really like him they he said that they had scouted them uh, scouted him from afar and in person uh so they've they've certainly done their homework on suzuki and uh that's something that they're going to be involved in uh, obviously he's built quite a bit of uh momentum here in the rumor mill with the uh with the rangers but nothing seems to be close on that front uh and the mariners seem to be uh seem like they're going to be pretty pretty involved in that market for say a Suzuki. So uh, certainly a, a name to keep an eye on there. If uh, if you're looking at potential outfield additions for the Mariners, kind of an under the radar one. So uh, another thing that DePoto talked about that was really interesting was uh, the Oakland A's. He was asked about the Oakland A's who um, MLB trade rumors reported the other day uh, is going to, is expected to shed significant payroll. So that means guys like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montes, um, Cole Irvin, maybe even, uh, obviously Sean Manaya, maybe even Ramon Laureano, Tony Kemp. There's a bunch of names there that could potentially get dealt from Oakland this offseason. And uh, when asked about the A's, Jerry DePoto said, we like them all. So who do you like the most from Oakland, Colby? Which player do I like the most? I, Matt Olson, mm-hmm. but I mean he's not he's not a fit. So, um, in terms of like who might actually come to Seattle, it's it's probably Montas. I, I like the upside there. Um, you know, Bassett and Manaya are both fine. Um, Manaya has a year of club control left. Uh, Montas has. Two. So does Bassett. Yeah. So that is enough. I think they're close enough that that matters. But if the extra year of Montas is going to be the difference between me. Like hypothetically, right? If the extra year of Montas is going to cost me, I don't know, Brandon Williamson and, and, you know, instead of Connor Phillips or whatever, then I'll, I'll just take Manaya or, or Bassett. I would probably put it Montas, Manaya, Bassett um, in that order, okay. but all three would be, or any of the three would be a, a fine addition uh, to the Mariners pitching staff. Yeah. I feel like this offseason, the Mariners, and by the way, Jerry DePoto last night said the Mariners are going to acquire two starting pitchers this offseason. Made a pretty definitive statement about that. Anyway, I feel confident in saying that the Mariners are at least going to come away with one pitcher that's currently on either the Reds roster or the A's roster. There's a lot of them to choose from, of course. There's at least six, maybe seven if you want to throw Cole Irvin into the mix. I do not. Just go sign Tyler (laughs) Anderson. It's the same thing. 
Um, <laughs> but you, but the memes, Colby, the memes. The memes are funnier if he's stuck in Oakland after they rebuild and Seattle just continues to, well, what's a nice way to put this? Destroy his ERA. Yes. So John Morosi today said the Mariners have checked in on the availability of Luis Castillo, the right-handed pitcher for the Reds, who we've talked about a little bit over the last few episodes. Uh, Reds fans out there think that they can get Julio Rodriguez for Luis Castillo, but to you, Colby, what is a more fair package for Castillo? First of all, we had it in our our sound uh, bank or whatever. We would play the uh, Will Ferrell, we are laughing uh, clip from Anchorman <laughs> because that is that is laughable. Um, the thing with Castillo is, is that, yes, he's a good pitcher. Yes, he's probably a number... I mean, he's he's a really good number three, maybe, and you could say he's a number two, and I wouldn't I wouldn't debate you on that, but he's not an ace. He's not really anywhere close to it. And so, while Red fans are are talking about, well, he's got the upside to be an ace, that does not really matter that much because you're not getting ace level, you know, trade return for a guy who you think has the upside to be an ace. Uh, he's young, but again, he only has two years of club control, so age doesn't really matter all that much here. And, and, you know, like he's, he's fine. He, he was, he was fantastic in 2020, took a step back in 2021, but was still good. And he was pretty good in 2019. So, I mean, we have three years here where he's been a very good pitcher, but 2020 appears to be the outlier a bit. Um, and there are some concerns. He does have, you know, home run to fly ball rate, 16.7% in his career. Uh, the FIP is three, seven, six in his career. I mean, those aren't ACE mm-hmm. FIPs. Um, and, you know, I, I pointed out on Twitter that his FIP of, uh, in, uh, in 2021 at 375 was just barely higher than uh, or barely lower than Chris Flexen. Do you think a good comp for him in terms of trade package is J- the James Paxson deal? Kind of a similar situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Two I years. Mean, had right. some, you know, he, he's got the high ceiling, but hasn't Definitely really flash reached number there. One. Yeah. Yeah. Flash number one sat number three for the most part and has long mm-hmm. stretches where he's a two. The, the difference, I think, is going to be the uh, the health. Paxson always is battling injuries. Castillo sure. has been remarkably healthy the last three years. So he is going to cost more than Paxton, but I think Paxton is a good place to start. And that was Justice Sheffield, who was a you know top 50-ish prospect, top 60 prospect. Um, and then Eric Swanson, who they thought maybe could start. It sounds... It honestly sounds like, and I'm just going to spitball here, but it kind of sounds like Emerson Hancock, Levi Stoughton, like Victor Labrada. Yep. I think that's about right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think the Mariners package is, is, I think that's better than what the Mariners got for Paxson. Um, so I, I think that's a pretty, uh, a pretty fair expectation. I think that's a good comp. Um, and I think that's a good trade package. And and honestly, if it's going to cost more than that, then I'm just sliding over to Sonny Gray and being like, okay, what does Sonny Gray cost me? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it going to cost me Emerson Hancock straight up for Sonny Gray? I'd probably rather do that because I like Levi Stout. I like Victor Labrada. And the difference for me between Sonny Gray and, and Luis Castillo, not that great. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think the Paxson comp is a good one. And again, just to remind you guys, Paxson was traded to the Yankees for Justice Sheffield, Eric Swanson and Dom Thompson Williams. And don't think about what those guys became. Think about who they were when they were traded. Yeah. 
And that's so, and that's why I was saying it's kind of like Hancock, Stout, and Labrada. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Stout is swapped out for like Connor Phillips, just because sure. Swanson probably a reliever, but they thought he could start. And Phillips, I mean, to be fair, every pitcher is probably a reliever, <laughs> but but um, I, th- I think I think that's a, a very fair and uh, astute uh, comparison. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> So I take it back. <laughs> We're going to talk more about uh, Jerry DePoto's comments and uh, going to talk about something that's kind of concerning me a little bit about what we've heard so far and just kind of how the offseason is going so far. But real quick, want to remind you of this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Colby, I'm a little worried, and I'm not, and I'm not going to say that I'm fully in on this, but I'm, there's a growing concern in me that the Mariners are going to identify one really big target that they want to go after. And that's probably Marcus Simeon. So we'll say Simeon in this example here that they're going to sign Simeon and they're going to feel that that was enough for their off season. And they're going to make middling moves elsewhere. And that's going to be it. And obviously we don't know how much payroll that they're going to add this off season. So that could certainly, you know, hamper things a bit, but Really, all we're hearing from Jerry DePoto so far is the top of the market. We were looking at marquee names. And, you know, you hear some of the comments about center field and just some of the other things that he said last night that it doesn't really show a ton of interest in the middle tier of the market. And obviously, he's not going to cover all the bases and say exactly what he's looking for. But I don't know. I see a guy like Steven Matz right now who's out there and he's garnering interest and that would be a really solid addition for the Mariners. We talked about him yesterday. Mariners not in that conversation as far as we're aware. It's things like that where it's like I would like for them to be more involved on that front. We haven't heard anything on Conforto and obviously we're not going to hear a ton of stuff come from the Mariners side of things because they just they don't leak. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I'm at least a little bit concerned here that you know we've talked about this and and hoping that this isn't the case that the Mariners are going to get their star and pretty much call it done this offseason. What do you think? I don't think that's going to happen. Um you know it's it's interesting because if Jerry Depoto comes out and he's talking about you know Steven Matz and and Eduardo Escobar and you know even Michael Conforto like if that's all he's talking about people are like Oh, see, he's not even going to go after the big guy. And so he goes out there and he's Good like, point. well, you know, we're after Sim, we're, we're in on Simeon. We like Chris Bryant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, we're in on, on Luis Castillo or, you know, he allows that to be leaked. I'm, I'm going to guess that probably came from the red side of things, but 
whatever. Um, it could have come from Jerry because when Jerry does leak, it's very tactical and it's very rare. So, um, if he, if he just comes out and he, he does that, then, then you get your reaction, which is like, I mean, yay. But also if you don't get one of those guys or if you, you know, overpay for them and you can't do anything else, that really doesn't help. So Jerry's mm. kind of stuck. I mean, he's not going to reveal his entire plan, but he's also can't be like, like, yes, we're, we're, yes, we're in on Simeon. Yes, we're in on Bryant. And, you know, it, but we're also going to go get Conforto and we're going to look to upgrade yeah. here and here and here. And it's like, well, I mean, what, what do you want him to say to make you feel better? Well, cause, guess, an- cause another thing that worried me last night was the catching thing, right? That sure. We're probably going to bring back the same catchers next year, which at least defensively speaking is very concerning. Like Murphy's very, good. very concerned. <laughs> not on the relay throws, <laughs> not controlling the no, run game. No, that's definitely year. something they need to to work on the relay throws, especially. <laughs> but uh, pitchers yeah. need to help control the run game too. Um, not a lot yeah. of good. Uh, Chris Flexen is, I think, the only guy who was pretty good at controlling the run game. Now that I think about it, um, yeah. So yeah, that's something they need to work on. That that's not just Murphy, although he doesn't have the strongest arm. Um, but I think it's kind of like center field where it's like, okay, where are the catchers? Like you want them That's to upgrade a catcher, where are they? Because the best catcher in the market is Jan Gomes. And mm. while, you know, we put him in our offseason plan, hint, uh, spoiler. Whatever. There you go, <laughs> spoiler. Um, I think our evaluation on him is probably going to be low just because he's the only guy. Like there's no other everyday catcher. And by everyday, I mean somebody who should start, you know, 90 times a year. Um, he's the only one in free agency. So it's, you know, mm. and then who are the guys who are trading catchers? Well, Barnhart was one of them. He got traded already. You could trade for Castillo, but again, are the Cubs actually going to rebuild? I don't know. Contreras. I thought they were. You, Sorry. You did the Wellington you. Castillo thing. I did. Again. I did. <laughs> Always with those two. They were both former Cubs catchers. Okay. They had the, the WC with thing. The initials. Yeah. Initials WC. <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry, I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and even when they come to the Mariners, because Castillo was a Mariner, right? Yep. Yeah. So there you, you got, you got for like a week. And then they traded him t- to the Diamondbacks <laughs> for uh, Mark Trumbo. <laughs> yes. Jackson Rizik made a good trade, and then he was like, oh, I don't like how that feels, so let's go make a bad trade. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, like, are they rebuilding? I would have thought they were, but then they saw, then they claimed Wade Miley. So it's like, hmm. I mean, maybe that's just a value move. I, it certainly is, but maybe it means they're not rebuilding. So it's just one of those things where it's like, where are the catchers? If we want one so bad, where's the catcher that we know is better than Tom Murphy that we can get at a reasonable mm-hmm. price? Might not exist. So sure. it's just kind of, you're in a tough spot right now. There's not a lot of help up the middle. Um, particularly in center field or catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just don't want it to be here where we took our big swing, we got Marcus Simeon, but then it turns out, well, hey, that was most of our money, right? And this is ultimately more of a concern, not with Jerry Depoto, but rather John Stanton. Yes, just really gonna- don't want to go through. I don't. I just really don't want to go through the offseason retrospect like we did all last year. Right. <laughs> You know, it'd be it'd be almost funny um, if the Mariners acquired like Marcus Simeon and Chris Bryant and nothing else like that. That's it. Like those mm-hmm. two guys. And then 
they get a couple starters, but they're like the Michael Pineda types, right? And that's like yeah. all they do. Watch mm-hmm. the Mariner fans, the same old Mariner fans, struggle to walk the line between this team is cheap and this team had a good off because they're going to be like, well, they signed the two guys I want, like I wanted them to, but that's all they did. They didn't get deep enough. And it's like, that's never been a concern of theirs. So they're going to have to try and figure out how to, you know, walk this line where it's like, well, they signed superstars. So I kind of can't call them cheap, but also I can't sit here and, you know, crush their, their team build because I've basically been doing that for the last few years by saying they're cheap. So which one is it? So, uh, that'll I'm be sure fun. they'll find a way. They're very good. Oh, at they gymnastics. always <laughs> They they always do, and and that's why we're here to help uh, clear some of those those voices out. So, yeah. Um, and don't worry uh, if you're if you're reading Red's Twitter, they're they're not getting Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. For any of their players, just relax. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Red's Twitter. Maybe is. Jonathan India. Maybe, but probably not. Yeah, would they trade for Jonathan India? That would be interesting. I'd be into that. But I, I would too. But I don't think the Reds would trade him. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. It's good. Play. So, uh, yeah, I. I <laughs> uh, Reds Twitter is a fun place. All of Twitter, so, really. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's that's a very good point. And you can follow us on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-C-L-Z. Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. That's all in the description of this episode as well. Uh, But that's going to do it for our show. And thank you again for joining us here on Locked On Mariners and making us your first listen of the day like you do here every day. We'll be back tomorrow, and hopefully Jerry DePoto will do something so we have something to talk about. Man, this offseason is incredibly boring. Hopefully that changes within the next 24 hours as the GMs continue to talk at the GM meetings down in Carlsbad. But in the meantime, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects. Host Arm Lighten is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And just like us, his show is free and available on all platforms. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow.